Today's sermon series, and this series, um, if the Lord wills, will run through all of January. This sermon series is called Look Forward to It. Look forward to it. Uh, and for those of you who like to text emojis, maybe I didn't use the right emoji, it's okay. Okay, find me a better emoji, okay? Uh, but look forward to it. And this is going to come from the book of First Peter. First Peter. If you didn't make it to the class on Thursday, you might call it one Peter. That's all right. We're all still growing in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, first Peter. Um, and if you don't know where first Peter is, it is in the New Testament. It is toward the end of the New Testament. If you see the end, it's going to be Revelation. You go back, then it's Jude. Then you go back, then it's 3 John, 2 John, 1 John, okay, 3 John, 2 John, 1 John. Then it's going to be 2 Peter. Then it's going to be 1 Peter. So once you're there, you are already where you need to be. Um, uh, chapter 1 and then go to verse 5. I again failed to mention, uh, again, this was in the class, but if you don't know, the page number, go to the table of contents. Every Bible should have a, page, a table of contents. Go there, go to the New Testament section, go to the end, and you will find 1 Peter toward the end. If you have an electronic Bible, you have it easy, even easier. You can literally search for 1 Peter. And you, it will take you right there. Once you're at 1 Peter, first verse, um, what we're going to do is come from the third through the ninth verses for this sermon, but um, in the interest of time, time, I'm just going to read verse five. Verse five. Uh, when you have it, say amen. All right, let's, let's move forward with it. If you cannot find it in your Bible, the words are printed on the screen. This will come from the Christian Standard Bible. You'll find similar words printed in your text. First Peter 1 Peter 1.5 reads as follows. It says, you are being guarded by God's power through faith for a salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. The title of this sermon is as follows. Look forward to salvation. Look forward to salvation. Um, you know, some of us, you know, I know we're already deep into 2024. But some of us are still excited for 2024. We're, we're turning over a new leaf. We're making changes. Some of us are excited about, you know, what's to come up. Um, but for some of us, we're really dreading this year. Um, for some of us, it's already started pretty badly. Um, this week was a bit of a string of bad news for me, um, just with people I know, but, you know, it was capped off by finding out um, after the prayer meeting, um, I found out that a friend um, 
passed away. And, you know, it's hard to imagine the year being good for that husband that was left behind. It's hard to imagine the year being good for those of us who are dealing with broken relationships. It's hard for us to imagine the year when we're already starting out with health issues. And then we come to church on a day like this and we're supposed to be rejoicing in the Lord while we're in pain, while we're in misery, while we're dealing what we're dealing with. We're supposed to, you know, as Christians, we're supposed to be filled with the joy of the Lord. And so you may be wondering how. And what I want to show you today is that if we focus on our salvation, it will help us rejoice while in pain. Now, I already know that this statement right here is not hitting you. Focus on my salvation. My legs hurt right now. And you want me to focus on my salvation. I'm ticked off right now. And you want me to focus on my salvation. I got issues. The first of the month passed. I got financial issues right now. And I'm supposed to rejoice. Because... I'm saved. Stick with me because um, uh, um, this, uh, uh, the scripture that I'm coming from, um, 1 Peter, uh, the first chapter, um, it was written obviously by Peter. And Peter was writing um, to Christians who were being persecuted for their faith. What do I mean by persecuted? That means that uh, they were getting killed. Locked up, couldn't get jobs, families breaking up, literally beat up for believing in Jesus. And maybe some of you know what that's like. I don't know, but but I can tell you that in America, uh, God has blessed us, you know, to to have Christians, you know, a Christian a strong Christian presence in this nation. Um, I'm not going to say that this is a Christian nation and never has been, never will be. But, 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 but America has had a strong Christian presence in this nation. Therefore, uh, America as a whole has not had to experience the level of persecution that people in Indonesia are, feel, are feeling right now, that people in China are feeling right now, the people uh, uh, in Sudan Um, are feeling right now. And I'm saying this because, you know, we have life hard. 
And I get it, and and I'm not trying to minimize what we have, but just understand that when we're reading this scripture, we're reading this scripture uh, 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 that was written to people who had life real bad. You know, I know we like to say, you know, nobody knows what we're going through. I think these people that uh, that Peter was writing to knew exactly what you were going through. They were going through hard times. They were living in pain and they were doing it because of their faith in Jesus Christ. And then, so what does Peter say to them? What, what, is, what, is, what does he say to them? Uh, uh, verse three, uh, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And and again, watch where his focus, uh, he drives his focus. Verse four, and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Verse five, you are being guarded Some versions may read protected. You are being guarded by God's power through faith for a salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Now, for those of us that are going through things, for those of us that are uh, hurting, that are in pain, that are dealing with uh, uh, emotional or physical or whatever types of issues that we're feeling. Honestly, this scripture kind of makes you mad. Because we talk about uh, verse five, you're being guarded, you're being protected by God's power. How are we protected if we get hurt? Let let me ask a, a larger question. If God loves us, why are we in pain? If if, if we're supposed to be protected from life, protected from all this, why are we getting hurt? And, and, And what makes it even more interesting is if you think of the original audience again, we're getting hurt because of you, God. Because I'm following you, because I decided to follow Jesus. I'm carrying this cross on my back. I'm getting hurt because of you. I could have had a good lifestyle. I could have fit in the world. I could have, I could have been comfortable. My family could have still loved me. I could have had a great job. But it's you, Lord, that led me down this path. And now you're talking about how, how, how we're protected. By, 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 by God's power? How are we protected if we get hurt? And so, hearing this, I want you to understand, again, I was saying, where is Peter directing your attention? Let's go back to verse five. You are being guarded by God's power through faith, listen, for a salvation that is ready to be revealed 
in the last time. Here we go with theology. See, when we as Christians talk about salvation, usually what is talked about, what is discussed, what, is, uh, 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 what we uh, praise God for and worship God for, uh, uh, what we preach and teach, usually we talk about how we are saved from the penalty of sin. You know, you know the, we, we were, uh, uh, God had all these charges on our head, you know, for all the sins that we've done, and we've been uh, forgiven because of Jesus Christ. So no, we're no longer under the penalty of sin. But see, if you only believe that, you are missing the much bigger picture. Because not only does salvation apply to being saved from the penalty for sin, but we're also saved from the power of sin. So it's not just that these charges are no longer over our head, that God looks at us and, and we're righteous now and, and that Jesus took all of our sins on the cross, but it means that the power of sin, the, 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 the power of sin that kept me angry, that kept me uh, cussing people out, that, that, that cut, kept me stealing and killing, the, the, the power that, uh, of sin that kept me in that place, we are even saved from that power. So as we grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that the blood of Jesus Christ, which is the source of all salvation, is actually rescuing us from the power of sin. If you want to be super theological, the word for that is sanctification, which is just a progressive salvation. We are being saved in addition to having been saved. But even then, that's not the entire picture because we are saved from the penalty of sin. We are also saved from the power of sin. But where Peter is getting at in this is that one day we will be saved from the presence of sin. Every bad thing you can think about is a result of sin. Every wrong deed, every physical problem, every issue that can possibly come up in our minds is a result of Adam and Eve's decision to let sin into the world by eating of the fruit. So when we're talking about being saved from the presence of sin, one day you and I will no longer be around death. We will no longer be around destruction. We will no longer be around cancer. We will no longer be around haters and gossipers. We will no longer be around uh, 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 poverty. We will no longer be around injustice. We will no longer be around there. We literally can, we'll try, if we try to find it, we cannot find it. Because we will have been saved from the presence of sin. 
So this is where Peter is going. This is where Peter is going. So let's jump back again to verse five. It says, you are being uh, uh, guarded by, by God's power through faith for a salvation. And this is where he qualifies it. That is ready to be revealed at the last time. So he's talking about this presence from sin. And so why is this important? Because earlier we asked the question, how are we protected if we get hurt? But the the very fact that we're asking these questions, the very fact that we're saying, why does God allow good things uh, or bad things uh, uh, to happen to good people? Uh, especially for those who are following him and, and, and these problems seem to uh, come happen because you're following Jesus. If you are asking this question, what Peter is very gently trying to say is that we are looking at this from the wrong view. Why? Because our interest is here and now. Let me say it like this. We want to protect our life, but God wants to protect our faith. There's a difference. We want to protect our life. We want things to be better here. We want to feel better here. But God is trying to protect our faith. That's what he said that he would guard, is that he would protect our faith. And and, and let me keep going with with the way that God thinks. It's, 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 It's like this. Why protect this life when a better one is coming? Some of us have had the opportunity in our lives to be at one job, one workplace, and then something better comes up, and then you go to another workplace. You change jobs, right? Some of us have had the benefit of retiring. No amens in here, okay. And, I, and why am I saying this? It's because here's something interesting, because I've seen people leave jobs. I left my first job to be at this job, um, and, and, and I've seen people retire. When you're in the job, I mean, y'all know, y'all been working. Some of y'all been working. There's problems, y'all. People mess, man. P- people are messy, <laughs> People, people uh, play games. People are underhanded. People are cheating. People are scheming. Hello? And going through that, some of you are going through that right now. Going through that is annoying. Every single day, you got to deal with this. Every single day, your boss getting on your case. Don't get on her case, but want to get on your case. Every single day, these clients and every, they, they, they just messing with every single day. But you know what happens 
when you get ready to change jobs or, or when you get ready to retire, the job suddenly gets easier. Same boss, same underhanded sneaky people, same workload, same clients, but the job gets way easier. Why? Because a better job is coming. You, your head is just here to do what you need to do because you know that something is coming up that's even better. So yeah, you're going to start that job in two to three weeks. Yeah, you're going to be retiring at the end of 2024. So, so, so what we're going to do this year is we're just going to endure this. We're just going to get through this because I know and I'm excited for what's coming. This is where God is coming from. Why are we interested in trying to make this place better when we know what we've got is a better one coming? Why are we trying to make this job like that job? This job is what it is. This place is what it is. These people are who they are. Uh, these problems are going to be what they're going to be. The situation is going to be what it's going to be. But when I get over here, all that's gone. All those problems are gone. All that drama is gone. Why protect this life when a better one is coming? And let's keep reading. This is where Peter is trying to say, verse 6, you rejoice in this, even though now for a short time, if necessary, you suffer grief and various trials. Y'all realize that you can rejoice and suffer grief at the same time? That'll be a whole different sermon. But you, you, you're doing this, verse 7, so that the proven character of your faith, more valuable than, than gold, which though perishable, is refined by fire, may look, result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Verse 8, though you have not seen him, you love him. Though not seeing him now, you believe in him, and you rejoice with inexpressible and glorious joy. Because you are receiving the goal of your faith, hmm. the salvation of your souls. What is he saying? He's saying, look, in this life, we will have trouble. Y'all realize Jesus said that, right? It's not an interpretation. It wasn't, he wasn't copying what somebody else said. It was, he said it himself. The creator of the world said himself in this life you will have trouble. In this life, as long as sin reigns, which is going to be the whole time of this earth, you're going to have trouble. There will be death. There will be disappointment. There will be destruction. These things will happen. You will have a trouble. But, and this is what Peter's getting at, we struggle in our faith now, but later we will not struggle. Yes, we're struggling now, but later, oh man, we're not going to struggle. And get this, get this, we're not even going to need faith. 
y'all realize that when you get to heaven, you no longer need faith? You no longer need to hold on and just believe that that God is going to work things out? You no longer have to go in your prayer closet and just go before the Lord. You, You realize you don't have to do that anymore in heaven? You realize that I won't have to preach to you about keeping the faith anymore? We're not even going to talk about faith in heaven. It's not going to be needed. Because uh, Paul says, actually, who hopes for what they see? We don't have to hope for Jesus Christ. We'll see him. We'll be in his presence. We won't have to hope for better days. We're going to be living in better days. We're not going to hope that God would bring us through. He would have already brought us through. We won't have struggles. We won't even need faith. And this is all thanks to Jesus Christ. Do you realize that when Jesus was on the cross, uh, even before he was on the cross, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he thought about it. He thought about, uh, Lord, uh, Father, if there was any way for somebody or somebody else to do this or or for me to do something else, that, that, that you would let this cup pass from me. That, that, that maybe there's another way to get people saved. But, but uh, Hebrew says, but for the joy before him, he endured the cross. And do you know what the joy was? See, our joy, our hope, what we're, what we're excited about is what we get when we get in heaven. But Jesus is greater. You know why? Because the joy that motivated him, the hope that motivated him was to see us in heaven with him. Jesus did not do this so he could be treated better. Jesus did not do this so he can have friends to worship him. Jesus did this so that you and I can go to heaven. Now, what do we talk about? What did he do? He went on a rugged cross and died for our sins on that cross so that we would be saved from the penalty of sin, from the power of sin, and one day when God calls us home, we will be saved from the presence of sin. And the reason we can do that is because Jesus went on the cross and he took that, uh, that, that, that punishment that was due us. See, on the, on, the, on the cross, he secured our salvation. All three salvations, if you want to be technical. He secured all of them. Our, our sins were paid for. But see, Jesus did a little more than that because he was buried. And on the third day, Jesus rose from the grave by the power of the Holy Spirit. So what that did was it secured 
our hope. When we talk about having life after death, the reason we're so confident is because Jesus died and then he rose. And when he rose, he did not die again, but he ascended to heaven, to the right hand of the Father. And just as he went up, one day he's going to come back down to clean all this mess up. So because we trust in Jesus Christ, because we trust in a living God, in a living Savior, this is why Paul, uh, Peter mentioned that we have a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There is life after death. So what does this mean? Because Christ endured the worst suffering possible, because Christ endured the pain, because he endured the rejection, because he endured the punishment of all of our sins, and now he's alive, we in Christ will be made alive with him. So, so what does that mean? What does that mean? Christ actually changes our view of pain. Why? Because, you know, when we talk about pain, it, what, it all, what it likes to do is expand itself in our lives. What do I mean? When somebody passes away, your entire life is about that person passing away. Have you noticed that? When your marriage is hurting, you can't have fun no more. It's hard to praise God. It's hard to get out. Why? Because your whole life is about the pain that you're experiencing in your marriage or the disease that you have or the problems you have at work or the fear that you have. That's where the problem, that, that, it expands. And why do I say this? It's because what fear will tell you is you will always have problems. You'll never get over so I wasn't so dying. You'll never have an opportunity like the job that you have. You're always going to hurt. Fear likes to do that. It likes to, it likes to give you all these um, um, extremes. But see, in Christ, always and never turn into for now. I'm hurting for now. I'm in pain for now. I have financial problems. I don't know what I'm going to do for now. This person died. I will not see them for now. When, when you talk about Christ and what he has done, because we are in Christ, pain goes from being this permanent thing to what it really is, which is actually temporary. Now, some of you may say, you know what? Yeah, 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 you know, Pastor James, that's great, but this sounds like positive psychology. You know, it just sounds like, you know, you're saying, hey, look on the bright side. But see, the, this, is, this is wrong because the Christian answer to pain is not look at the bright side. It's look at all sides. 
This Bible never says that you're not going to feel pain. In fact, this Bible tells us that you will feel pain. In fact, this Bible tells us that it will be unfair to you sometimes how much pain you specifically are going through. This is what this Bible says. But in the same Bible, it says, but there is a whole different life coming. Yeah, you're dealing with these people, but when you get to heaven. Yeah, you know, this disease is happening, but when you get up there and when you are gone from the presence of sin. Yes, I see the pain. Yes, it's hard. Yes, it, it hurts. Yes, it's bad. Yes, it's dreadful. Yes, it is. But look at the bigger picture. It's not your whole life. You are going to make it. For those of us that believe in Jesus Christ and have trusted in him, you are going to make it to heaven where everything you're feeling now will be gone. Side benefit is when you have Christ in your life, you start to realize that your pain is lying to you because guess what? You still have people here. You still have a future here. You still have uh, things to do here. So when your pain tells you that your life is over and, and that, 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 you know, there, there's just nothing, there's no way you can move on and, and, and there's never a chance for you to get that opportunity again and that you're always going to feel like this, you know that it is lying to you. Because a Christian does not look at the bright side. A Christian looks at all sides. In this sermon, in this sermon. So, you know, if I want, if I can close this, um, I know that some of us might be dreading this year. But if I could leave you with just one statement, if I could leave you with just one thing, is that even though you're dreading this year, in order to look forward to life, look past it. in order to look forward to 2024. Think past 2024. Think past 2025. Think past 2030. Think past it to the day that the Lord takes you in his arms. Think past it to the day that that, that the Lord takes you from the presence of sin. It's very easy for me, as you all know, to stay stuck on uh, February 22nd and June 21st as miserable days because those are the days that I lost, that we lost both of our kids. It's very easy to stay stuck on those days. But what has helped me through is that God is like, this wasn't goodbye. This will see you later. They're waiting on me. They're up there. My kids are up there. And I'm not going to miss the fact that I didn't raise them while they were here. I'm not going to miss, you know, what they would have been, what they could have been here. Because when I'm in heaven, 
and I see the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but if this Bible is true, I'm going to be praising him all day long. And Jesus himself, I'm ending the sermon, I know. Jesus himself is going to have to tap me on the shoulder and say, hey, James, get up. Your kids are waiting. Hey, James, hey, I appreciate the praise, James, but, but, but get up. Your grandfather and your, your grandmother, they're over there. They're waiting. Get, get up, James. I, I appreciate the praise, but the, the friend that passed away, she's waiting. I, I, I believe some of you could say that too, that there are people that we are waiting to see up there. So this is why God has to protect our faith here, because our faith is what's going to get us there. Why stay here and protect this life when we have a better one coming? Why stay here and, and waste the rest of my life mourning and being sad? when I know where they are and I know what's coming up, when I know better days are coming. You might be dreading this year, but in order to look forward to life, look past it.